0: of kindness, you have poured out grace, brought me out of darkness, you have filled me with peace, giver of mercy. tree, the emblem of salvation, the gift of Calvary. says love to me now for I've counted up the cross and in all my wealth is in the cross
1: well father we thank you today that we can we can remember and we can think of that cross And Lord, uh, no one can take it away, no one can erase it from history, nobody can uh, subtract it, nobody can uh, forget it. Lord, it is the the central defining moment uh, for humanity is that cross and that empty tomb. And so Lord, uh, we come to you even in these moments, even in all of this uncertainty that we're experiencing, we can always go back to that that cross. We sometimes call it an old, rugged cross, and we can always go back to that moment when Jesus died for us. And Lord, we are so thankful uh, that we can be secure, knowing that it is finished, knowing that you have risen from the dead, knowing that you have sent your Holy Spirit into our lives into this world, and Lord, even at this moment, as we deal with this worldwide pandemic, this worldwide uh, pestilence, God, we come to you and bring our prayer requests to you. Uh, Lord, we're thinking of those who are sick and uh, those who are in hospital around the world, those who are in ICU units, those who are waiting for ventilators. Lord, I'm thinking of Pastor Bert and Shirley Lira. Uh, uh, great friends who are both in critical condition in B.C., uh, people who have pastored for six decades, Lord, who are who are fighting for their lives. We pray for them and so many others that we that we know and that we love and and people who we're connected to in various ways. We pray in the name of Jesus for miracles to happen. We pray for healings to happen, Lord. We pray for the healthcare workers and and uh, nurses and doctors and people serving in, in essential services, God, for your protection over people who put themselves uh, on the front lines, Lord, to serve and to, to sacrifice time and, and, and money and resources uh, on behalf of, of others, Lord. We pray for them. We pray for our leadership, Uh, God, our, in our case, our provincial and our federal leadership, that you would give these people wisdom, uh, to navigate and to make decisions as this this thing continues to change lord we pray for our leaders we pray for your church both locally and around the world what an opportunity uh, we have to be salt and light to a, to a world that may not know all the answers a world that that god you have everybody's attention so we pray that you would use your church your people around the world your body around the world god we pray for you to calm our our fears and our anxieties and that you would fill us with hope and joy and and peace as we continue to trust in you lord we pray that even through this this crisis you would reveal a greater purpose people would be renewed spiritually and and we would see your power and your glory and your your healing on display and people would come to uh, a a faith in you and come to a walk in you because of what's going on Lord they'd be able to look back and say even in these moments of difficulty even in this this uh, this terrible beginning to the year 2020 that was the year that I started to take God seriously that is the year that I started to think about my life and my future and about eternity Lord you can do it in millions of people's lives so we pray that you would help us God to see what you're doing and to to work alongside you and to to work in in tandem with you and i pray father even in our own church family and those who have chosen to to watch this stream or who will watch it in the in the near future in the name of jesus speak god speak to people through the power of your spirit we pray in jesus name and everybody said amen i can hear you there uh, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to Sunday morning, uh, March the 29th. I am so thankful that it is the last Sunday of March. I can't wait for this this month to finish, and so uh, looking forward to April and to the, uh, the Easter season. I uh, just want to take a minute to welcome you. This is a series that we started uh, back in the beginning of March called Jesus Said What? and uh, next week will be the last week of this series so uh we welcome you and uh it, you might be a first time guest today i know i got some contact info from an individual in the middle of the night asking us for our uh, our connection link to our stream and so on maybe you're a first time guest today uh, maybe you have prayer requests. Maybe you have questions. Y- you, can, you can contact us uh, through our website. You'll see a contact us page. You can contact us on that stream that you're watching now leave a question or a prayer request and I will respond to it uh, when we're finished today um, use Facebook during this stream uh, start a what they call a watch party with friends uh, you can do all of that stuff as we uh, have church in an electronic fashion we can't be with each other in body but we can be with each other through the electronics uh, that we have so on that note if the stream cuts uh, it's going to be for a number of reasons that we'll try and resolve very, very quickly. Uh, but if it does cut, please stay with us. We will get it reconnected. If the sound fails, if anything fails, just technology permitting, everything is going to go okay today, all right? Uh, speaking of technology, I want to give you a few announcements that, uh, that can help you and resource you. Uh, because of our uh, relationship with a large church in Toronto, Church on the Queensway, uh, we uh, have access to a wonderful resource called Right Now Media. And this is the largest video Bible study streaming service in the world. Uh, the content is getting better and better and better. If you have kids in the house, young kids in the house, the content is amazing. But there's stuff for everybody there. And uh, as, I, as I talk to more and more people from our church, I always ask them, are you on Right Now Media? Are you on Right Now Media? And more and more people are saying yes. Um, think of it as the Christian version of Netflix, I suppose. But there's thousands and thousands of titles there. And uh, they, they are putting new stuff on daily because of this, uh, this pandemic, this crisis. So if you are not on Right Now Media yet, you don't have to be part of our church to, to, to get onto it. If you would like to get onto right now, media for free, again, this is paid for by a very large church in Toronto for us, a uh, supporting church of ours. If that's the case, contact me. All I need is your name and your email address. I will send you an invitation and you can make a login that way. Remember when you log in, you're logging in as a member of Church on the Queensway. They will ask you a few questions there, some of your interests, and say, are you a member or a staff member of Church on the Queensway? You'll say you're a member, okay? And in a sort of a roundabout sense, I suppose you could say you are, Uh, but uh, don't be confused by that, all right? So make sure that you get on that. You will enjoy it very much. Also, version the free Bible app worldwide. This is the best Bible app out there. Uh, You can get the Bible in any language, Excuse me. <coughs> any language, any translation you want. Uh, I love the video section of YouVersion, which which goes into each book of the Bible. If you search, it will teach you how to interpret, how to read each book of the Bible. Fantastic resource. youversion.com dot com on any device. Uh, many of you are starting to uh, give electronically. Uh, please remember that even though we're not meeting at the movie theater that we usually meet in. Uh, We still have plenty of expenses, okay? I'm thinking in particular of our missionaries, the Manns and the Charbonneaux. I was in touch with Don Mann this week, and I'm trying to work to organize uh, him visiting with us on a Sunday morning, perhaps by phone. Um, and so he's doing well getting ready to return to Africa and uh, the Charbonneau is very very active in Port-au-Prince so I think of them all of this electronics that we're doing our church platform online has ongoing costs and we're reaching people who are not part of uh, any church at all we're reaching people from different religious views or no religion and that all costs right it's reaching the one who is far from God but doing so in a way that's, that's a little bit different, a little more creative. So all of that has inherent costs. You can give electronically through our website at the, uh, the link that you see on the screen. Uh, you can also do it by Interac e-transfer. Some people are not comfortable using credit cards to give, and I totally understand that. Uh, your bank will allow you to go on to their website. And to do an e-transfer to us, and uh, I know there's an individual who did it this week, and it worked perfectly. Uh, I do that as well. And you can also, if you're comfortable, you can give me a call. Uh, We have a little machine at the house, and we could take a credit card number over the phone. Uh, If you say, oh boy, I really just like doing it the old-fashioned way with cash, you need to contact me and we will organize uh, a a way to do that, okay? But please remember, uh, your your giving needs to stay consistent even during this time, even during this very, very difficult time. Uh, It's hard for all of us and the church is uh, no different. Visit our website for updates uh, at citypointchurch.ca. We will have a Zoom call today at 3 p.m., and that's a great opportunity for us to connect with one another, at least see one another's faces, see how everyone's doing, have prayer together. I'm working on a a, a guest today, and hopefully she will be able uh, to make it, and uh, you'll enjoy that. Um, you should have the link by email if you are not part of our electronic list and you want to be on it contact us send me an email or a cell phone address a cell phone number and i will uh, get you on that and you're welcome to join us on that zoom call as well we're doing zoom calls about twice a week okay um so that's pretty well it for the announcements and we're just going to get into our our message today uh we've been talking about this whole subject of jesus said what jesus said what and uh you know, it, I have discovered that that in this time in in history, in this culture, people have a, a version of Jesus, an understanding of Jesus that is shaped by all kinds of things but it may not be shaped by what we see in the bible by what we see just by reading Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and the book of Acts and the New Testament and then the whole Old Testament and so on we sometimes our picture of Jesus is so often so askew and our understanding of him is so often so askew and if your understanding of Jesus is off then your understanding of Christianity is off and i've seen people walk away from faith Walk away from Christianity because they're walking away from something that isn't real anyway, and we need to have an understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus said. And when you really look into the pages of the Gospels, you will see that Jesus said some pretty out, uh, pretty astounding things and pretty outrageous things, uh, things that ultimately would drive people to want to to take his life, and uh, and things that continue to speak into into our time. Today day, uh, uh, a couple of thousand years later, his words are still alive. You know, people are still quoting things that Jesus said, and they don't even know who he is. Um, so I thought it would be good to do a series about this, and and we started uh, uh, just looking at the Gospels themselves, and can we trust the Gospels? Can we trust Matthew, and Mark, and Luke, and John? Are uh, Can we Really say that the things that we read in the Bible are the things that Jesus actually said and you'll find that message on our Facebook page on our website. It's there as well. And then we looked at the very first recorded words of Jesus uh, when he was a 12 year old boy in the temple courts. Then we took a little break and did a special message on the COVID-19 Uh, pandemic and the the crisis that we're facing of course and then last week we talked about uh the conclusion of the famous lord's prayer where where jesus said if you if you forgive others when they sin against you your father will forgive you but if you do not forgive others when they sin against you your father will not forgive you your sins. So you will find all those messages on uh, again on our Facebook and website. Uh, but today we're going to look at this this um, uh, next little phrase of Jesus, and this is found in John chapter eight and verse fifty-eight. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of background here. This is a, a rather long conversation uh, that starts um, after a section of scripture where Jesus um, encounters a challenge when they catch a woman in adultery. And some of you will know the the phrase, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. So it is after that uh, little narrative. And this is basically Jesus in a debate. It's not a Pleasant conversation. It's not a comfortable conversation where the validity of what he's saying is being is being questioned. And um, you, if you look, for example, at verse thirty-one of chapter eight, you will see that. Uh, Jesus is addressing a group of Jews who, it seems, had some faith in him, but might have been on the fence with what they were thinking about. And uh, he says this, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Very famous words. And they answer him, and they say, We are Abraham's descendants. And we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replies, I tell you the truth, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word i am telling you what i have seen in the father's presence and you do not uh, um, and you do what you have heard from your father you see the intense conversation here and they say abraham is our father and jesus goes right back. If you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the things your own father does. And now it's it's getting amped up and the conversation is getting really, really intense. We are not illegitimate children. The only father we have is God himself. Uh, If you remember, Jesus, even as a 12-year-old boy, uh, did call God his father, but his own Personal father, something the Jews never did. They did have an image of God as their collective father, the father of the Hebrews, the father of Israel. Verse 42, if God were your father, then you would love me. For I came from God, and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. And in verse 44, you belong to your father, the devil. Wow. And you want to carry out your father's desire. Man, that is really, really intense. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus going way back to the original lie in the garden there, most likely. Uh, Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of, you prove me guilty of sin if i am telling the truth why don't you believe me he who belongs to god hears what god says and he's going in a particular direction here the reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to god wow And then they accuse him, and they say, you're a Samaritan, you're demon-possessed. And he says, says, no, I am not possessed by a demon. Uh, I honor my father, and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. I tell you the truth, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And then we move into the saying uh, that we're looking at today. And and then they say, now we know, now we know you're an imposter, you're demon-possessed, you're of the devil. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets who do you think you are? And Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said that I did not, I'd be a liar like you. Is that ever confrontational? But I do know him and keep his word. Watch this. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And they retort to him, you are not yet 50 years old and you have seen abraham and here it is i tell you the truth before abraham was born i am i am and at this they picked up stones to stone him but jesus hid himself slipping away from the temple grounds i tell you the truth before abraham was born i am now, in order to understand this passage, you really have to go back in time, and you have to, to journey back to the time that Jesus said it, the people who he said it to, the culture, everything. You have to go back in time, and one thing that we're learning I, uh, about this, this crisis, we're all stuck at home, and we're all trying to find things to do, and we're all thinking about a lot of things. I suspect that many of us are not just sitting on a on a couch sort of vegetating in front of a screen. I think many of us are trying to find productive things to do and we're maybe finding things to do that we never had time to do. We're fixing stuff around the house. We're reading that book that we never had time to read. We're We're fixing something. We're remembering something. And as we think about this crisis that we're in, I want you to start going back in time with me. Uh, There are some pretty hopeful stories that are coming out. Uh, If you look on social media and you look at the news and all that, there's a lot of doom and gloom. Of course, but if you if you if you start looking for the hopeful stuff, you'll see some really interesting things. And on the screen, you're going to see a picture of a senior lady. Her name is Italica Gronda. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I hope so. This lady is a hundred and two years old. And a hundred years ago in in 1918, there was a global pandemic, a global virus that some refer to as the Spanish flu for various reasons. Uh, A virus that if we look at the stats, and I think I even mentioned incorrect stats in our last uh, Zoom call, but this virus uh, infected 500 million people worldwide. And it took the lives of some say between 50 million and 65 million people. So about 10% or more mortality rate, which is higher than uh, what we're experiencing so far, at least so far. This lady lived as an infant through that Spanish flu and survived it. And now she has also survived COVID-19. I mean... Uh, they they have all kinds of nicknames for her. She was in the hospital for 20 days. They did not think this lady w- would live. And this lady survived pretty well on her own and walked out of the hospital after 20 days having survived COVID-19 at 102 years old. Pretty amazing uh, what she's lived through and what she's seen. This next slide that you'll see on your screen, we only know this man as Mr. P., and uh, he is one hundred and one years old, and he survived as well the Spanish flu, the second world war, and also walked out of the hospital, having survived covid nineteen as well a hundred and one years old. My goodness, the things that this man And this woman have seen and you start to go back in time and you start to think about history Uh, here's a slide from the flu pandemic of 1918 and you can see some of the headlines there death brings warning of influenza schools closed no services in churches sunday funeral band is ordered and this is when the outbreak began to happen if you if you look at that time in history and you start to read about it, and you start to research, you'll see another slide on the screen. That's actually an article uh, from a a Christian um, publication uh, back in the day um, called The Gospel of uh, uh I think it was called the Pentecostal Evangel, actually, from Gospel Publishing House in Springfield, Missouri, in the United States. And this is a little article uh, when the Spanish influenza outbreak was happening. And this is what one of the articles that they say, and you could find all of these online. Uh, Jesus said, "For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be uh, famines and pestilences and earthquakes, and in diverse places, all these are the beginning of sorrows." This is from luke chapter 21 all mature bible students this is what they said in 1918 believe that we are indeed in the beginning of sorrows as we have heard one recently state the worst is yet to to come this was in 1918 but the saints of god need have no fear they can look up to the heavens and rejoice in the certainty and the certain knowledge that their redemption draweth nigh now imagine in 1918 you've got a global war happening or the end of the first world war You have a global pandemic, a global virus, and you also have the birth of the modern Pentecostal movement as you have reports breaking out from the United States and Canada and then all over the world that people were being baptized in the Holy Spirit, that that there were signs and wonders and the gifts of the Holy Spirit were active in people's lives and all kinds of strange things were happening. Imagine what these people would have thought back then. They would have thought that the end was right at the door. They would have thought that Jesus was going to show up the next day. And that was in 1918, just over a century ago when the last global pandemic um, hit this world. You you go back and you start thinking about all of these things. And uh, it, it it makes you take a big, deep breath but I want you to go back even further today, much, much, much further uh, to a very specific time in the history of the Hebrew people, the most important time in their history, a time that will be celebrated very, very shortly in the Jewish calendar. And this is the time of the Passover, The Passover, and specifically just before the Passover and the call of Moses. So, if you're not familiar with what the Passover is, um, you need to watch uh, a movie called Prince of Egypt. It's an animated film. Uh, but they did an outstanding job in depicting the Passover story. So if you say, I've heard of this name Passover, but I have no idea what it means. I'm kind of embarrassed. You know, maybe you've never seen uh, the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston or whatever. You don't know. Don't be embarrassed, okay? Watch the Prince of Egypt for for one. Uh, That's one of the best uh, uh, videos out there to just give you an overview of the Passover. But basically you're talking about the deliverance of the jewish people from slavery and bondage to the egyptians okay this is the time of the exodus you will read about this in the book of exodus in the bible's old testament and uh, so what happens is that god wants to use moses to um to get the people out of slavery Now, just as an aside, some skeptics and even uh, people in the church wonder sometimes if God condones slavery in the Bible. Uh, I wonder why this question is asked sometimes because the most significant event in the Old Testament, the most significant event in the Jewish calendar is the Passover, which is the deliverance from slavery, okay? So, be careful, like read things in context, you're not going to find anywhere in the Bible where God supports the idea of uh, slavery, all right? Uh, but in any case, this this um, celebration now is an acknowledgement of the fact that God delivered his people out of bondage um, to the Egyptians. And if you know the story, God calls Moses to do this and he goes to Pharaoh and he says, Uh, uh, let the people go. God wants them to go and to worship out in the wilderness. And there's this whole process where the the Pharaoh is resistant. And uh, so there are are 10 plagues that come upon the land and inflict the Egyptians, but not the Hebrews. It's interesting, if you study those plagues, one of them is a pestilence that wiped out all of the livestock. uh, And there are many, many others. And those are all associated with Egyptian deities so it's as if god is trying to topple their whole system on its head and trying to challenge them to say i am the one true god all of your deities are false and there's this process of the so-called hardening of pharaoh's heart um it's interesting what that what that could mean uh we now know from looking into archaeology that uh these these pharaohs were considered uh, almost incarnations of various gods uh, in the Egyptian worship system. And when these pharaohs died, they would go through kind of a hall of judgment in the afterlife. We'd see this in the the Egyptian Book of the Dead, for example. And uh, there was this process where... In the afterlife, they would be uh, they would be challenged and accused of all of the things that they had done wrong, and their heart would be weighed on a scale, uh, truth versus uh, whatever they would say, and so they would they would deny uh, the charges against them. In order to try and survive this sort of judgment in the afterlife, and this was called negative confession. But the problem was that their heart would always give in and their heart would always admit to the truth of what they actually had done in their lives. And so, what they would do is they would cover the heart of these pharaohs in their graves with um, it was an insect shell and they call this the hardening of the heart and maybe the person's heart wouldn't actually admit in the afterlife what their sins were so it could be that this whole hardening of the heart thing um, has to do with that. And again, God is toppling over their whole worship system, saying all your gods are false, all of your religion is false, and I am the one true God. But when he calls um, uh, Moses into service, I want you to, to think about that for a few moments. And by the way, the word Passover uh, comes from the, the the final plague, which is the, the taking of all of the firstborn of Egypt, including Pharaoh's son, would would lose his life there. And so the Hebrews were told, you're to take the blood of a lamb and you're to put it on the doorposts of your your little houses there. And the, when the angel of death comes to strike the firstborn, it will see the blood and pass over, that's where we get the name Passover, um, your homes. And so uh, before all this takes place, Moses is called into service by God in the book of Exodus uh, chapter 3. He had run from Egypt because he had killed um, uh, an Egyptian. And um, he's out there in uh, Midian and is called into service by God. The very famous story of the burning bush And you see in Exodus chapter 3 that this bush that burns and the fire does not consume it. Uh, It it speaks to Moses and there's this like supernatural call and this voice that comes out. And uh, Moses is called to be the leader of the Hebrew people. And in this whole conversation, Moses is very... Insecure and thinking that God has the wrong person for the job, he cannot do this job, and he wants to have some type of certainty and some type of confidence. Verse 10. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt and this mountain? That's not good enough for Moses. Moses says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name, what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say. Um, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. You pronounce that in Hebrew, I am, um, uh, like, um uh Uh, yo I think it is, Uh, or yahoo, I'm sorry, you pronounce it that way in Hebrew, it sounds like yahoo, okay, yahoo. And uh, and then he continues, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, and in your Bibles you're going to see that word Lord, is all in capital letters, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you, this is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. So, yahoo is I am, and uh, this name here, Lord, we translate it. We don't know exactly how to even pronounce it. It's the most sacred name for God that we see in the Old Testament. When they copied this name, they would have to do a special ceremony when they copied it, but it looks almost exactly, the Hebrew characters are almost exactly the same as Yahoo, and we sometimes pronounce it Yahweh. Or in in English, we sometimes say Jehovah, but Jewish people will never pronounce this name. And so this is the name that God gives personally to Moses. It's interesting, we don't have any account that the Jews ever ask him this question: What is his name? but this this title, I am Yahoo. Imagine what Moses would have thought. Uh, when he heard this you know i am who i am this is what you are to say to the israelites you see it on the screen there i am has sent me to you there are several implications behind this title behind this name for one and you'll see a list on the screen it suggests that god is eternal when we say eternal it means he has no beginning he has no middle he will have no end. Sometimes people ask the question, who created God? No one. God always was, always is, always will be. He is the uncaused cause of everything. He brought everything into existence. He spoke it into being. He created it out of nothing, and he is the eternal one I am yahoo he 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 you he cannot be measured he cannot be quantified he doesn't have uh he doesn't operate uh by our time he's outside of time he is eternal he is i am he is yahoo it also means he is imminent and when we use that term we mean that he is with us i am he is with us you tell the israelites i am that i am the implication is he's right there with you i know you're in slavery i know and i am i exist i am self-existent and i am right there with you it also suggests he is transcendent. he is beyond us right if you're eternal you're, you can be in the physical world, you can be out of the physical world, you can operate in time, you can operate out of time, you can do pretty well whatever you want to do if you are eternal. I mean, the scope of that is hard to even quantify with words. He's with us, he's beyond us, I am, yahoo, he is un changing. He is immutable. He is I am now in the 21st century. He is I am in 1918. He is I am in the exodus. He is I am. He is un changing. I am that I am. It suggests that he is holy, that he is set apart from us in terms of his morals and his his ethics. It suggests that he is faithful that he will always be faithful his his characteristics never change they are eternal they don't they don't he doesn't forget something he doesn't make mistakes he doesn't sin he's not afraid he, uh, uh, john said god is light in him there is no darkness at all and he is relational you tell the israelites this is my name that's personal so there's all kinds of implications and uh, as the jewish people would learn this they would recite this to themselves over and over and over again this passage this story of the exodus which is going to be celebrated in jewish homes around the world very shortly a virus or no virus nothing will ever stop the jewish people from celebrating this this is the most important and significant feast of their calendar and it, it inaugurates their their ceremonial year um, uh for them, this, this story, they can recite this from memory. You know, they know all the ten plagues and, and all of those things are, are remembered in a, in a beautiful, uh, symbolic meal um, that, that they do every year. And so they know this, this term, uh, yahoo, and they know this term yahweh and they do not ever say it. Uh, They will refer to to God in different terms but they will never pronounce that personal divine name that we see revealed first in the book of Exodus because it is considered so holy uh, that no one will will even pronounce that name, and so you fast forward. You know, Exodus is whatever 1500 B.C. at least. You fast forward to this time in John chapter eight. You know, and put yourself in a in a bit of a time warp again. And here you have this this debate this fierce conversation that Jesus is having with these people. And now you begin to see what Jesus is actually doing. And you'll go to the next slide. This is the most direct claim to deity that Jesus could have ever made. Some people say Jesus never claimed to be God. My friends, this is the most direct claim that he could make to being God, to pronounce that name and to tell those people before Abraham was born, I am. Now just just think of the significance of this. He says he says that Abraham Uh, rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day how in the world could he be so bold as to claim that Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing his day what does he know about Abraham Abraham was in the grave uh, for hundreds of years before this statement is made by Jesus he rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day and he saw it and he was glad and the implication is he saw it in the in the distance uh the author of hebrews talks about how how all these people in the old testament died with this hope of a messiah to come they saw it by faith but they didn't see it actually happen in their lifetime and they challenge him back and they say who in the world do you think you are and he says i tell you the truth before abraham not before uh moses he says before abraham was born i am so if you if you know the chronology a little bit it, abraham is the first patriarch right genesis that's genesis chapter 12 uh the promise made to abraham uh and to abram was his name at the time that he will have a son even though his wife is incapable of having children Uh, that's abraham and then you see all the patriarchs abraham and isaac and jacob and so on and then later on you see moses in the book of exodus well here jesus is going right back to the beginning and he says before abraham was born i am this is a direct claim to the personal title the personal name of god He is calling himself Yahweh. He is calling himself Yahoo. He is calling himself the I Am. And this is why their response was to kill him, pick up stones and to stone him for blasphemy. Nobody, no man would dare to to not even pronounce the name, but to say that they were God he would be viewed as an impostor he would be viewed as a devil he would be viewed as a as perhaps a madman but he would be viewed as very very dangerous if he had a following and he had an enormous following Uh, And this is what led ultimately to his execution. This is the most direct claim that he could make to being God. Now, what does that mean for us? Oh, it means so much, my friends, so, so much. So the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, if you go to that slide, this guarantees this statement is true. So, because we have a historical bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead, we have a very good reason to trust what he says. And it authenticates his claim to being God. And what does this mean for us? We have the opportunity to have a relationship with the I Am through Jesus. So this is opened up for us that we are worshiping and we are in communion with the I am the same I am that was in that bush the 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 same I am that has been there through the centuries of history through all of the things in every in everyone's life through the 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 last global pandemic the I am was and is and always will be in any circumstance even now even now as we are everything is so uncertain people's finances it's like a it's like someone took a a tray of cookies and threw it up into the air and we're all waiting where all these cookies going to land i mean everything is thrown into turmoil kids are out of school who knows if they're going to graduate who knows what's going to happen when is everything going to open when are they going to discover a vaccine how many more people are going to lose their lives am i going to catch it is my loved one going to catch it if i catch it what's going to happen to me am i going to live am i going to lose my life am i going to be in an icu i mean there is so much uncertainty and there's so much fear and there's so much anxiety uh I spoke to uh, a young person from our church who just found out his grandfather was diagnosed with cancer. I mean, we see people are being affected by this virus worldwide. There are people in our church who who are losing their jobs, who um, uh, their places of business are closing. So, I mean, everything that we've reached for is it's like it's, it's going right through our fingers and vanishing right through our hands. But the I am is still there. He's right here with us. He's right there with us. He was there in 1918. He was there back in the bush with Moses. He was there before creation. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. The author of Hebrews says it this way, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whether you're facing the the grave, whether you're facing a, 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 a bad diagnosis from a doctor, whether you're facing a, a job loss, whatever it is, Jesus is the I am. And this is meant to give us hope and security in whatever time we face in life. The I am is with us and we can we can be secure in that reality because of the resurrection of the dead of the lord jesus this is a historical thing that really happened this is what we celebrate at easter and this is why we can be hopeful even in the time that we live in so what we're going to do now Is take a few moments to remember that, and we're going to have a time of communion uh, electronically here. And so, what what's going to happen now? You'll see a little slide on your screen that says communion. What I'd like you to do, we're going to play a little bit of background music for a few minutes. What I'd like you to do is go to your fridge. Or wherever you have any kind of juice, doesn't matter what kind of juice it is. And wherever you have any kind of bread, doesn't matter what kind of bread it is. Hopefully you have something like that in your home. I want you to go and get that and bring it to your table. And then we're going to have communion together, all right? So there's going to be a little bit of music and uh, to give you time to go and prepare that and then we'll come back in a couple of minutes all right let me let me just pray uh and then give you a chance to 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 get all your stuff god we thank you uh today for the outrageous words of jesus the i am May that be settled and burned into our hearts. May we hold on to the I am even in this time, we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll take a two-minute break. There'll be some music, and we'll come back and do communion together. to the Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. I'm just going to bring my little piece of bread here. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. If you would join me and take your, your bread this time. Paul continues in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant the new covenant in my blood the blood of the I am do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and whenever you drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes if you would take your juice with me. Again, Lord, we thank you and we worship you. I don't know what your need is, what your circumstance is, but would you bring it would you bring it to the great I am, uh, the great Yahoo, the great Yahweh. Lord, we bring our lives to you and surrender our lives to you afresh. And Lord, we, we bring our anxieties and our fears to you and our emotions to you and our loved ones to you and our finances to you. And God, I, I think of those who are in, in homes, uh, they're, they're in, everyone's close to one another and we, we don't leave our houses and there can be tension and there can be strife and there can be arguing. I pray for peace in people's homes. I pray, Lord, you would, you would provide and you would protect and you would do the miraculous in people's lives and uh, you would be at work and we would see the things that your spirit is doing in our lives, even in this circumstance, even in this time that we live in. We worship you, the great I am, who is the same yesterday, today and forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 I'm just going to turn the music down here, and uh, we'll, we're we're just going to close this meeting together. Thank you so much for joining with us. Again, leave messages on our Facebook feed, and I will respond to them as soon as I can. I look forward to uh, being with you face-to-face this afternoon at 3 p.m. via Zoom. Again, if you want to be on that call, and you have not been any, on any of our Zoom calls yet uh, and I don't have your information, send it to me and I will send you that link. Uh, remember as well, next week is the conclusion of our series, Jesus Said What. Uh, if you'll put that slide on the screen and um, we will be talking about uh, uh, the last, very last words of Jesus that we see in the Bible coming soon. We're going to talk about the second coming of the Lord Jesus next Sunday. So God bless you, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. I look forward to seeing some of you at 3pm.